What's up everyone? It's almost Star Wars celebration time, so like we've done before, we're just gonna run through our tips and tricks if you're a first-time con-goer or if you're planning on enjoying couch con, just what you can expect uh, either way. So we're just gonna have a casual chat about that, yeah. and I guess we should start by sharing our schedule and what we're planning on doing. Um, we are going to have one panel this year. We're on uh, Saturday at 3.30. And we're just going to be breaking down the news <laughs> with Force Center. Our friends Ken and Joseph are going to join us up on stage. So at that point, I think the, the Lucasfilm showcase will have happened and Ahsoka. Yeah. And that's going to be on the Holonet news stage room, which I think there's two rooms yeah, for that. Yeah, we'll be in room 17. We'll put up our graphic uh, that will definitely have all the right information. But I think we're in room 17. I don't know where that is, mm. um, but we will be chatting from 3.30 to 4.30 or so. And then after that, we're going to just go ahead and have a fan meetup. So even if you don't make it into the stage, into the room, um, which I was shocked that we filled up the room <laughs> last year. I was not expecting that. Yeah. But if you can't make it in, we will immediately after go find somewhere to do a meetup. Uh, last year, we did it like right outside the room and then they asked us to move because we were being a fire hazard we will <laughs> find a, a place a big enough area to go to before we go on to our yeah. panel so we'll be able to like announce at the panel where the meetup's gonna be and we'll be yeah. tweeting it so you can always check our socials yeah follow both of us on twitter because we'll keep updates there but yeah we'll, we'll probably try to find some place outside assuming the weather is nice and we'll all just hang out and chat for a while. Yeah. Um, but that's really all that we have on the official schedule. Uh, there are a couple of other things we're going to be doing that you can find us at, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that later. But also, just if you see us wandering around the show floor, like we try to be very approachable, like we're there to celebrate Star Wars and meet people. So uh, we've had people message us on Twitter or something and just be like, I saw you, but... I didn't want to bother you. And it's like, no, we're like, we're, we're kind of there to, to do exactly that. We want to make ourselves available. Yeah. And the fact that we're not going to be nearly as busy this time around as we, we were at the last celebration, we'll probably be wandering around a bit more and just kind of cruising the show floor and, and checking stuff out. So we'll be around to chat with. Yeah. Well, maybe we should start by talking about packing like before you go what what should you get ready for um we don't have any insight into what london is like at all because we've never been this will be a first time for us uh we are going to have some london tips later from a friend um but just for celebration packing specifically like convention packing uh, what would you recommend someone bring? Well, first of all, even though we're not familiar with London, I would say make sure to check the weather ahead of time. See how cold and how rainy it's going to be because that sounds like what London is all about at this <laughs> time of year. Uh, so just dress accordingly. Bring lots of layers in case it is chilly. You can bundle up or you can take off layers if it gets hot. Uh, this will be interesting. It's like we, we've gone to Orlando, where it was hot. We've gone to Chicago, where it was snowing. Very And now cold. we're probably going to be somewhere in between. Yeah. But so, yeah, dress accordingly. Um, definitely bring comfortable shoes. Don't do like I'm doing and get a brand new pair of shoes right before the trip to try and, and try to break them in. 
Or make him get a new pair of shoes, too. I did the same thing, but they're already fine. They're already comfortable. Yeah. So, yeah, just, like, comfy shoes is a must because you are going to walk way more than you think. And you're probably going to be like, okay, I just got out of this panel, and now I have to go all the way across the convention hall uh, to find another panel. Yeah. So, yeah, just expect to be walking a lot. Uh, I guess along those same lines bring a water bottle or something to help you stay hydrated like just take care of yourself yeah because you will be tired don't eat nothing but hot dogs and french fries but even though that sounds amazing (laughs) uh drink lots of water you can try those like electrolyte packets too like those have become a lot more popular so if you want to make sure that you're staying hydrated and uh, full of electrolytes, you can try those out. Especially if you have some pints in the evening. Yeah, they're very he- helpful for uh, people of a certain age that uh, have one too many drinks and <laughs> want to. Doesn't even take much anymore. And want to not be hungover the next day. Yeah, I had a, I had one beer. I'd better have an electrolyte pack. Give me a Pedialyte. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As for walking the showroom floor, uh, you probably want some sort of tote bag or backpack that's empty at first but you know you might start to fill it up Mm -hmm. (laughs) with whatever exclusive merch is available or you might come across a a big action figure you didn't know existed and you you gotta get that obviously Mm -hmm. so just have something to carry all of your new treasures in backpack is always good because it it will equally distribute the weight sometimes if you're carrying a tote bag for a long period of time on one shoulder it'll make your neck hurt but Uh, Some places, if you purchase something on the showroom floor, they will give you a tote bag. So if you are planning on going straight to one place to buy something, see if they will give you a tote bag and then you'll already have one. Yeah. And I think that's a good point about the backpack. And just in general, I would say uh, value, prioritize comfort over anything else. Uh, Molly was laughing because like you brought a bunch of outfits to Anaheim and then wore just leggings and a t-shirt every day. Leggings and a t-shirt. And that's that's basically what I do. I'm jeans and a t-shirt and comfy shoes, and yeah. I'm good to go. Now, if you're cosplaying, that's another story. And more, of course, more yeah. power to you. I hope your cosplay shoes are comfortable. Cosplayers, we salute you. Good luck. Godspeed. <laughs> and may the force be with you. Uh, let's see. Poster tube. That's one that we have forgotten multiple times in the past, but you are probably going to be just handed posters randomly, whether it's at a panel that you're coming out of if they announce the Bad Batch Season 3. Mm-hmm. Or Ahsoka is probably another good example. They're going to be like, hey, we have a poster. And everyone in this room gets one. And then you'll want to take it home. And then you won't know what to do with them. I think we have several poster tubes from previous celebrations. Mm-hmm. And they're just still full of posters. And we got to find something to do with them. Yeah, there's there's a lot of just artwork posters uh if you get a picture taken with someone they might give you those in like a little plastic sleeve but there's just a lot of flat pieces of paper involved in celebration and if you want to keep all those you want a good place to put them and keep them from getting folded or torn or whatever yeah and we have multiple times in the past been like scrambling to try to find a poster tube i'm sure there's a ups or a fedex or whatever the english version of that is (laughs) well they they sell them at a lot of conventions now because of the reasons that we're talking about but they're insanely expensive yeah like you can just go to the ups store now get a poster tube and you'll be set uh 
Also just for packing, leave some space. Kind of like I said for the backpack, you're probably going to come back with more than you are going with. So leave, leave a little extra space in your luggage. I'm actually thinking we're going to be better off going to London than we were to Anaheim because for international flights, you get a free checked bag. Yes. So we each get one big bag and our carry-ons and our personal item. So <laughs> I think when we went out to Anaheim, we just brought one checked bag mm -hmm. and it was uh, interesting packing all that back up. Well, we, are, we also went to Disney and we each built droids there and had to take those back and... We, we, we had too much. We got a lot of stuff there. We did. Uh, maybe this year we can just keep one of our bags completely empty. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, oh, and a power bank. That was the last thing I had on my list. That Just a power bank for your phone. You might be live tweeting a panel. You might be just reading live tweets. So you probably just want... And you'll be taking a lot of pictures. You're probably going to burn through your phone's battery. You mm -hmm. don't want to go back to the hotel room. So just have a power bank ready to go. Yeah. You can keep on partying. Okay, let's move on and talk about panels. I think at this point, the lottery system is already closed for the major panels. I believe so. So really, there's no tip we can give about entering the lottery. Not that there are tips on like getting chosen or anything. It's all fully luck. Uh, but I think my biggest piece of advice for panels is don't worry about it too much. Mm -hmm. Like as of recording this, at least. We don't know what panels we got into. I don't think anyone else will also not know. So if you don't get into one you really want to see, I promise it won't ruin your day. Yeah. I mean, it, it might feel like it did because we had that experience in Orlando uh, of, of waiting in line but still not getting into panels. That was before they did the lotteries. So it, it was a bummer for about an hour or two. And then we were like, you know what? Let's go back out there. Let's go see some smaller panels or let's go spend a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, like we were really upset when we didn't get into the 40th anniversary panel for Star Wars at Celebration 2017. It, it was like a complete mess and we should have gotten in. We didn't. We went through the five stages of grief. We took a nap and then oh. we, we went back out on the floor and we had a great time. So I just want... You know that like we had one of the worst panel experiences you could possibly have, and we still had a blast. That celebration was still amazing. Yeah. Naps are also a good idea if you're <laughs> planning on uh, staying out late, getting up early, uh, maybe schedule a nap or two in there. And I think they actually do have a quiet room, or at least they have in some previous celebrations. So if they have space for it, there might be a place to go just like sit down, close your eyes and relax for a little bit if you need it. Yeah, and this just popped into my head too. Like sometimes walking around the showroom can be uh, overstimulating for a lot of people because it's very noisy and there's a lot of people walking around. So if you have noise-canceling headphones, maybe mm. put those in. It might make the experience go a little bit smoother. But yeah, it's it's hard to tell at this point like how big of a convention this will be compared to the prior ones because we've never been to London, we've never been to this uh, Excel Center. So just be prepared for a lot of crowds of people and a lot of loud noises. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the panels, we also need to talk about streaming, because that is completely up in the air. Last year, before we went to Anaheim, 
we told people like, you know, they, they stream everything so you can watch it all from your hotel room or from home. And they did not do that at the 2021 celebration, 2022. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> be prepared for not being able to see anything. It was, I still don't know why they made that decision. I hope they have reversed it for this celebration. They have said they're streaming some stuff, but that doesn't mean they're going to stream all the big panels. Mm -hmm. I hope that they do. I hope they stream it back to everyone not at the convention as well. Um, so I know that that puts a little extra pressure on to the lottery system and all that. But again, if you don't get into the panel that you want to get into, like try not to let it ruin your day because there's still so much other fun to have. You're still going to hear all the news. Um, yeah, that's it's a bummer. I don't like that decision. Yeah. And I'm hopeful that that's not how this celebration goes. Mm -hmm. I, I think it should be streamed to everyone, but we'll see. There are uh, quite a few content creators, too, that are not going. They're planning on doing their own streams just to talk about the news. So if you you know follow a lot of people, check and see if they're doing something like that i know star wars thrifting is doing something like that with uh, a podcast and i think pete from across the galaxy is doing one so a lot of content creators that aren't able to go are going to be covering a lot of the news yeah as will we yeah uh, <laughs> just more hectically and frantically <laughs> yeah. and not in live stream we'll be live tweeting a lot though yeah um yeah, I think that's everything for panels. So let's talk about photo ops and autographs. People have a lot of questions for those. I also, I don't know if that's been closed yet or not. Um, I, I always say don't do a lot of those unless that is like why you are there. Uh, I would say only go see someone if you're like, this is my one chance. <laughs> well, I mean, I know a lot of people make it a point to do these uh, at conventions. Yeah. And that's if, if that's how you enjoy your time, go for it. And they can be pretty pricey, especially with some of the people that are going to be there this year at Celebration. But yeah, you end up waiting in line for quite a long time. And if it's your first time, you know, you don't want to clog up your schedule too much with just a bunch of line waiting to, to then spend... 30 seconds or less with someone if it's a photo op if it's an autograph session you might get a little bit more time mm -hmm. but they move people through those lines real quick oh, that i think that's a great thing to bring up is that the photo session is not at all like a meet and greet it is you're in you're out in snap out uh, and i i don't know because of covid if they're still doing the plexiglass i think that's between. up to the performer okay whoever is there to have their picture taken yeah I expect i would say still expect masks and and glass separation with some people uh i think it just depends it, like I, i'm pretty sure ewan mcgregor did not have a divider last year and I, I expect that'll be less common this year but you know some people still might want it so i think that's a good thing to just keep in mind um, but yeah, I'm more about the time. Like Donald Faison, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, we we went to those photo ops because we were like, don't know if I'm ever going to have the chance to meet this person that like means a lot to us otherwise. Mm -hmm. So we waited in the line, but it was a long wait. And I, I just don't like spending my time at cons in lines, but sometimes you gotta. Like, mm -hmm. 
if there's someone going that you're like, I have to do this, mm -hmm. then I do it. <laughs> <laughs> Autographs, you're right. You get a little extra time to just like speak while they're signing. Yeah. Uh, Donald Faison was incredibly nice. Garrick Hagan, we got to speak for a while. So that, <laughs> he, that was awesome. Yeah, he didn't have a line. I think there were a few people, was... but like everyone was, you know, it's like there is not a huge line. We can spend some time talking with this person. Also, if you are going to have a backpack or a bag, uh, keep a Sharpie in your bag and something small that you might like to have autographed by someone because there is a high chance that you could run into someone uh, famous that you could just quickly say, hey, nice to meet you. Can I get your autograph? A lot like, of people will have their badges signed, yeah. for example. Badge is a good one. Um, yeah, that's always a good That's thing. a good one. Uh, I think that's everything for kind of at the convention. Uh, did want to talk about after shows, after parties and stuff like that. There's usually stuff going on. Uh, we are going to be on Sunday night at Cantina 2, which looks like it's going to be a big party slash uh, concert slash also if there are some people you want to meet like Garrett Kagan mm. uh, or Veer's Watch if you're watching Julian Glover will be there like there are going to be some Star Wars personalities there to uh, sign things and yeah they're gonna have their own little mini con yeah. there basically that they'll have all the guests who are doing signings on the website yeah uh, so we'll put a link to that down in the description it sounds great i think that is uh sunday starting at like seven until midnight so that's a you can go in and out of that it is a ticketed event mm -hmm. so there is that a lot of the post post con things are ticketed yeah um i wanted to bring up bibs bash by star wars sessions uh friends of the show they're holding that on saturday night it is ticketed also on Sunday night, Four Center is doing a stand-up show. That's Ken Knapsack and Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, I, I know at one point it was sold out, but I think they said they were going to open up standing room. Uh, if you like those guys, and everyone should, they're the <laughs> best, uh, go support their stand-up. And then on a Friday night, I wanted to point out that there is a queer meetup yeah. hosted by Chase. Yeah, Chase, a.k.a. That K Jedi. Go check him out on Twitter and his YouTube channel for details on that. So we'll, we'll put links down to all of those events if you're interested in any of those. Uh, but also, you can just chill at the hotel bar. Like, honestly, that's where a lot of people are just going to hang out. They're all going to be Star Wars fans. Mm -hmm. You're going to... They're, they're all going to be Star Wars fans that are there to celebrate Star Wars. So you can just go grab a drink, kick back, have a great conversation with some people like... We, we've had a lot of great nights just hanging out at the hotel bar. We also met Jet Lucas that one time, That's which true. was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he was very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, there's there's all kinds of... You never know who you'll run into at a hotel bar mm -hmm. <laughs> or at a pub around the convention. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I have to imagine London has some amazing pubs just all over the city close by, so... Check those out too. We don't have any good recommendations for those yet, but well, I think that's we will. a perfect segue into our final segment. Unless was there anything else you wanted to throw out there for celebration tips and tricks from the Americans? <laughs> I don't think so. Except to, to you know try not to build it up too much. Try to relax. If you're someone who meditates, you know <laughs> you could take a break. Go to the quiet womb room. Quiet womb. Go to the quiet womb. 
uh, take a sec to just kind of like center yourself because it can be very hectic and and it can also go by very quickly. So don't be afraid to ask for pictures, autographs, do whatever you want to do, but just have fun. Yeah, just have fun. Relax if you can. It's going to be busy, but like you said, just don't overdo it. (laughs) You're not going to be able to do everything, but everything that you can do is going to be fun. This is our fourth celebration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've had a blast at every single one of them. They haven't all gone perfectly, but at the end of each one, we're sad that it's over. We just love getting to hang out with like-minded Star Wars fans. That's what it is. It's the same reason stuff like Dragon Con is awesome because everyone there has your same interest. Like they're all, they're just waiting to be new friends. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Yeah. So now we're going to throw things over to our friend, Jamie Stangroom, who... Uh, is a host of the Geek End YouTube channel and will also be hosting the Star Wars show stage along with several other people. But uh, he is going to be our British expert. And I don't even know what he is going to say because we haven't gotten his clip yet. And that's okay, Jamie, because (laughs) we're just filming this early. But I'm sure it's great. Uh, Just kind of tips for getting around London, what to do while you're there. So we'll just throw it over to Jamie. Take it away. Hi, I'm Jamie from the YouTube channel, The Geek End, and also Star Wars Celebration live host. One of them anyway, for 2023 in London. I don't know how that happened, but it has. So hopefully I'll see you there. Thank you to Alex and Molly for having me on your channel. I'm not from London, and actually I'm in Mexico City at the moment. Uh, Not that that tree gave that away or anything. But I have spent most of my adult life in London. And I'm kind of old now, so that's a lot of life. Uh, I know the city pretty well, although it's always rapidly changing, so some of my information might be out of date because I've been out of town for a little while. But it's a big place. I think that's the first thing to say. The UK is a small country, but London is ridiculously big when you think about it. It's apparently twice the size of New York City, and it's kind of sprawling. There are hubs with skyscrapers, but I'd say it's more sprawling out in all directions, and New York City is like high, right? So... With that in mind, you've got to plan ahead with whatever you're doing because the traffic ain't great. Now, Mexico City, I don't think has particularly good traffic. It's okay at the moment. But um, I saw on a news report here that recently it was revealed which city has the worst traffic in the world based on hours of uh, driver's time, life, wasted, sitting in traffic, and London came out at number one. I was actually quite surprised by that. But, yeah, the traffic's not great. But the public transport is actually really good. So I don't know where you're from, but um, if you're used to public transport, then maybe it'll be confusing at first anyway, because it's a new city, new country perhaps. But London's pretty easy to get around in terms of public transport. But things take a while. It's a big place. So always plan ahead. The tube, the underground, the metro is like the oldest system in the world. So it's really good, all things considered, but it can go wrong and they're constantly modernizing it for obvious reasons. So, yeah, plan ahead again. Uh, The Transport for London TFL website has a journey planner and it will include the tube, which by the way, generally, let's say Sunday to Thursday, um, it starts really early, so like half five, six in the morning. And usually by about half midnight, 
the final trains have left each station, but always check that in advance. However, on Fridays and Saturdays, you have the night tube. So it's 24 hours on a lot of the lines, not all. So that's really good because Ubers are very expensive in London. Um, night buses, buses are 24 hours. The buses are more complicated to figure out, but they're always running. They're always running. So you'll know the Harry Potter night bus. Night buses are a thing. And they are like Moss Eisley on wheels. Because at night, that's, that's where you get the characters. That's where you get, you know, yeah. It's okay though, generally. But always, like any big city in the world, always have your wits about you, common sense as well. So yeah, the point is here, always plan ahead. And another problem to throw into the mix in terms of celebration weekend, it's Easter. It's a long holiday weekend and there will probably be engineering works because that seems to be what they do when there's holidays i guess less people going in for work they tend to do a lot of the engineering works then so i would check ahead um the excel's not in a great spot uh it's quite far from anything interesting to be honest um, so always plan ahead um if you're staying away from the center obviously plan your journey to get to the center uh, ahead of time but you know like if you're having a night out in London you can't have you can't hop from one neighborhood in say East London to another neighborhood in say West London in one night I mean you could but you're gonna lose a lot of time like an hour each way because again it's just a big place so always plan ahead uh, that's my first thing and another thing is if you have the time get out of zone one and by that, I don't mean the Excel Center. That doesn't count. That's not zone one, but it doesn't count. Zone one is central London. So a part of it's known as the West End. And it is where the majority of the tourist sites are. And actually, they're really accessible. You can walk between a lot of the sites, uh, the landmarks. Um, but it's not, in my opinion, not really real London. These aren't the places where Londoners tend to hang out by choice. Some do, most don't. Uh, it's where you work, it's where the tourists go, it's where you take friends or family visiting for the weekend, you know, begrudgingly. But it's not real. For me, it's not real London. The beauty of London is it's, it's, it genuinely is the world in one city. You know, it has to be, if not the most culturally diverse cities in the world, it, it's, it's probably in the top three. There's something like 300 languages spoken every day. And you really get that feel when you go into the real neighborhoods. So get out of zone one. You don't have to go to like zone eight or nine or 100, whatever it goes up to. But, uh, you know, zone two, zone three, you'll see some real neighborhoods. Um, I would, I, in London, you get quite biased about your neighborhood. So I've always lived in East London, various neighborhoods in East London. So I'm quite biased. So I would suggest, as a kind of midpoint between a neighborhood and being touristy, trying something like Shoreditch and Brick Lane, which are in East London, but kind of central East London. Now, Camden Town is for tourists seen as one of the kind of edgier things to do as a tourist in London, but it is super touristy. Shoreditch and Brick Lane, I remember when I first moved to London, long, long time ago, um, they were quite underground, quite grungy, and now they're pretty touristy. But they still have a bit of cool, and they're sort of surrounded by some other good neighbourhoods too, like Bethnal Green, Dalston, Hackney. There's some good nightlife. Uh, Brick Lane Market on a Sunday is, is great. It might be difficult if you're at Celebration, but you have a street market just full, full of amazing foods and just weird things going on and people and performers. And it's a great street art area. There's a few really old Banksy's uh, nearby, uh, near the Truman 
factory. Um, so yeah, Brick Lane Market on a Sunday. You can go there any day of the week, but the market's not on, but the street art will be there and a lot of vintage stores. One half of Brick Lane is actually full of Indian restaurants, supermarkets, Bangladeshi, and that brings me on to food. UK, I guess, is not particularly famous for its food. And I know you're gonna have fish and chips. I won't judge you for that. But try not to have it in a West End pub because they are really just, you know, it's made for tourists. Fish and chips can be good. Um, actually, one of the kind of chains that there are around town is called Poppies. That's pretty good, actually. But the point I'm trying to make is British food is not the best food in Britain. Uh, we're not very good at our own food, um, to be honest, but we're really good at international food. And you might know this already, but uh, Indian food particularly is very, it's probably the national food in the UK, and it's really good. It's really good. Uh, some of the dishes you'll have in your country in an Indian restaurant actually came from the UK, uh, from Indian chefs. Um, the Balti, the chicken tikka masala, for example. They're really good. Indian food is really good. So half of Brick Lane has a lot of restaurants, um, Indian restaurants. They're okay. The fun of it is that there's lots of them, so at night it's quite lively and they're hustling to get you in with different offers and you can take your own alcohol into a lot of them. But they're not the best. There's great Indian restaurants all around the UK, to be honest. Um, if you stray a little bit further away from Brick Lane into Whitechapel, which is where um, Jack the Ripper um, did most of his work, allegedly, uh, there is some more authentic kind of Pakistani, Bangladeshi, Indian uh, restaurants, um, some really authentic kind of old school ones, but also some sort of more modern, trendy ones. Uh, one I'd recommend is called Tayabs. Uh, I could send a link to Alex if he wants to add that somewhere or pop it up on screen. I don't know, Alex. It's up to you, really, to be honest. I'm not on commission. Um, but, yeah, international food is great in the UK. But I know you're going to have your fish and chips, which, you know, we drink coffee, by the way, as well. We don't just drink tea. So have your fish and chips once. Just try and do it somewhere that's not in a West End pub because, yeah, it ain't great. But fish and chips can be good. It can be good. All right, what else? Nightlife. Nightlife is an interesting one. There are some great parties in London. Um, it's a huge place. It caters for everybody, um, any kind of music you want. This is something else you really need to research in advance as well because, again, it's overwhelming. It's so big. And different clubs obviously have different nights on, different days of the week. But also a trap that youngsters fall into when they come to even just the UK for the first time. They assume that the pubs are the nightlife they're actually the day life going to a pub is like being invited into somebody's lounge you know going to somebody's home a lot of them open for breakfast you know and stay open all day and into the night but by midnight most pubs are closed they're more day things social things you know the music's in the background unless there's a live covers band on or something in certain pubs bars are the nightlife they're the ones that will be open till two three four five and obviously the nightclubs will be up to 24 hours if that's your thing i'm obviously too old for that so don't think pub life is your main nightlife if you want a big night plan ahead but look into bars and clubs again i'm biased so neighborhoods uh shoreditch is very easy because there's lots of places in uh, in just a couple of streets um very lively but dalston is very cool again i'm biased east london um Lots of sort of speakeasies, little jazz bars and all sorts of stuff going on there till the wee hours of the morning. 
Um, you can go to South London. Brixton's a great neighbourhood. Um, it's the birthplace of David Bowie. So you've got the what is now, since he died, the famous um, artwork on the wall, um, which is quite near the tube station. Uh, it's um, traditionally, and still is, um, heavily Caribbean influenced in terms of the food, uh, the heritage of um, many people who live there. Um, also, Electric Avenue, the reggae song by Eddie Grant, which I'm not going to sing because my reggae renditions are obviously very accurate and I don't want Alex to have like uh, some kind of record label coming down on him uh, over YouTube monetization. So I won't sing it, but a song called Electric Ave Avenue, Electric Avenue is in Brixton, so that song was about Brixton. Um, there was also a Clash song about Brixton, but Brixton's still got its soul. It's becoming quite hipstery though. Another area in East London I like, uh, again, good nightlife. Um, some of it's not safe actually, but generally it's okay, is Hackney. Um, if you're worried about safety, it's a big place, but considering how big London is, it's generally, you know, pretty safe. Yeah, so for me, the charm of London is its diversity uh, of people, food. Uh, you, every neighbourhood you go to, you can feel like you're in a different country. For example, there's a neighbourhood called uh, Neesden, uh, where the street signs are in um, Hindi. There's an area right in the south somewhere to the east or west, <laughs> I can't remember its name, uh, where, you know, there's a humongous uh, Korean community and some amazing Korean food, but it's pretty far out. So if you're only here for a short time, probably not worth uh, doing. But yeah, that's for me the beauty of London, the fact that you could be in the different neighborhoods in the different country in the world. I mean, generally you look up at the sky and see it's gray and then you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm in London. Speaking of which, the weather. Bit of a stereotype, the rain and the, the grayness, although it does happen. We get our fair share of all that. April's a funny month. We're in spring. The evenings are staying lighter longer. But schizophrenic, man, which you could probably say London weather is generally anyway. Uh, so the general rule of thumb is to plan for all types of weather. So uh, do not be surprised if it snows. Equally, do not be surprised if we have a heat wave. Uh, anything can happen in uh, April, so yeah, bring clothes for all weathers. Uh, London is very expensive. Uh, maybe if you're coming from the US, uh, somewhere like LA, it's pretty similar, or New York, um, but it is an expensive place. Generally, you will need to s sell an organ to afford a, a pint of beer. However, in some ways, it's a pretty free city. Museums and art galleries which are generally in zone one, which, uh, you know, I'm contradicting my earlier preachings. Uh, generally, the, the famous art galleries, you know, the Tate, the Tate Modern, uh, parts of, like, Natural History Museum, uh, the British Museum, free. There might be some special exhibits that you have to pay for, like temporary exhibits, but generally it's free. So that's an amazing thing that I've never really taken full advantage of. You take it for granted, I think, when you live there. And I suppose... If you're going to London for Star Wars celebration, it would be weird if you weren't a Star Wars fan. So it would make sense to probably go to Canary Wharf. Canary Wharf uh, is the second financial district of the city. The city of London uh, is the main financial district. Uh, it's actually a really small area of London. Um, but Canary Wharf is a little bit further out to the east, actually pretty near Excel. Uh, it's where a lot of skyscrapers are and big banks and what have you. And they filmed uh, scenes for Rogue One at the tube station there, which mostly didn't make the cut. I think just ended up in trailers. And also some stuff for Andor. 
as well. So that could be worth it. Actually, there's a video on my channel about those locations. Uh, so you could check that out if you want more information. Um, and also Andor did shoot in a couple of other areas. The Barbican, I believe, which is actually in the city of London, um, which is basically a square mile. It's a real, I, I think historically, maybe it's the original part of London. Uh, have to verify that but again it's the city of London in terms of being a financial district so when I say the city of London I don't mean the city generally of London just this one area so Andor did shoot there uh, and a few other spots I think around uh, London um, but generally around the UK so that could be something that you could do with your time away from celebration again just plan always plan and it's going to be a challenging weekend because uh, there will be you know uh, tube engineering works trains being uh, you know, slower than usual, less services. So more than ever plan ahead for this particular weekend, especially if you're new. Um, reach out if you want any other tips, more specifics. But like I said, it's an ever-changing, evolving city. So um, in terms of bars and restaurants, it's always changing. So best to do your own research in terms of that. But hopefully some of the things I've told you have helped. And don't forget, if you're not coming to Celebration, um, to watch the live stream on the official Star Wars channel. Um, you might see me, uh, but also, obviously, mostly watch Alex's channel. Uh, and, yeah, thanks for having me, Alex and Molly. I hope that wasn't too terrible for you. Didn't really plan that very well, to be honest. I've just been rambling. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Jamie. I'm sure that was all wonderful advice. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it for our tips and tricks video for Star Wars Celebration Europe 2023. It's almost here. We're going to be in London in uh, in a week mm -hmm. when this video comes out. So, And then it's just a couple more days away. Oh, I had one more thought. Oh, okay. If you're buying a lightsaber, check and see how that's going to go on your flight. If it'll fit in your bag, if it won't, can you carry it on? Do you have to check it? Lightsabers can be tricky when flying, and sometimes each airline is different about those. We have been able to fly with them before with no problem. We've even had like blades sticking out of our backpack. They yeah. they seem to be pretty chill about it. But that was in Anaheim when they and they know Disneyland has Galaxy's Edge. I do remember early on they were like, "What is this thing sticking out of your backpack?" And I was yeah. like, "It's a lightsaber." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, okay. Now we're done with our now tips and tricks. I think we're done. I had the whole conclusion done, and you had to jump right back in. We're <laughs> done with our tips and tricks video from for Star Wars Celebration Europe 2023, and now I can't talk. Like you've you've ruined this this vibe. Have a good time. <laughs> Everyone have a great time. We can't wait to hang out and meet all of you, and we'll see you in London in about a week and a half. <laughs>